to a very special episode of Not Quite Right. My name's Ed. And I'm Amanda. Amanda, we've been very busy lately. We just spent last week at the Words on the Waves Writers Festival, Mm -hmm. which was a lot of fun. Yeah. And we had the opportunity to interview some of the authors there. So what we're going to do is release those eight interviews as separate episodes, of which this is the first. And the other thing that we've been busy doing is that earlier in the week, we were on the Two Lit Chicks podcast with Ed and Julia. Yeah. And here's a little sample of what went down. I'm still confused about Virginia Woolf's death because if she was trying to trying to equally research. space out the stones in each pocket, because otherwise she'd, if she wasn't thinking what about side? it, she was so sad, she'd be kind of unbalanced. So you'd end up like wading into the deep water but like a, like you were drunk or something just kind of hanging on one side so she must have been really thinking about that was probably the least equally... of her worries though Ed <laughs> yeah <laughs> I need to talk to a ghost I need to talk to her. well ghost. you can you can read her entire suicide note if you want it's all over the internet you can get a little bit more insight there yeah. but she's not going to explain the rock situation is she well I don't know not to your satisfaction probably <laughs> no. I thoroughly enjoyed how obsessed Beta Ed got with the rocks. It's just yeah, he really went down that rabbit hole. I feel like it's going to stick with him for some time. <laughs> it's certainly going to stick with me for some time. <laughs> and if you want to hear more from our chat with Julia and Ed, check out the Two Lit Chicks podcast. We'll have the link in the description for this episode. I really enjoyed talking to the Two Lit Chicks. It was really combining two of my great passions, which is obviously writing and reading, and quizzes. Yeah, so we actually recorded two episodes with Two Lit Chicks. Yeah. One was a literary quiz on the subject of famous last words, Mm -hmm. where Julia and Ed had to guess if the words belonged to the author or one of their characters. And the other episode was about flash fiction and writing competitions, which ties in very nicely with the Not Quite Right Prize, Mm -hmm. which is coming up in just around a month now, actually. I'm excited. time is really ticking. Mm. So if you're listening to this and you haven't signed up, please go to the website, notquiterightpodcast.com, and put your name down. But also stay tuned for more on that topic because we'll be releasing another episode very soon where Amanda and I are going to be talking in great detail about our judging process and the kinds of things we'll be looking for in your submission. So keep an eye out for that one. Yeah. So Words on the Waves is a annual writers festival at Umina Beach on the New South Wales Central Coast. And it runs, well, I think it's it's a week-long thing, really. Yeah, about a week long. We were there for two days on the Friday evening and on Sunday, and we had a great time just interviewing some of the writers and listening to the talks. I loved interviewing the writers, but my favourite thing I have to say, it was Story Club. Yeah, absolutely. It was epic. That was well worth the price of admission, and I think both of us went in not knowing anything about it, and it was one of the funniest, most enjoyable nights out I've ever been to. Absolutely. It was like going to a stand-up comedy night. It was Mm. really great. So it's run by Zoe Norton Lodge, who some people may remember from The Checkout. And I mean, some people may know her from this. Like Mm. It was new to us not being Sydney residents. But basically what they did was they had a panel of people, and in this case it was various authors and uh, other people in the industry. It was about five people get up and tell a true life story and 
just with hilarious results, basically. I, I was literally slapping my knee. Like, I don't know if I've ever slapped my <laughs> knee laughing before. I was slapping my knee and I was crying. Yeah. And these are all writers telling the story as well. So the stories were really well written. Exactly. Very high quality, hilarious. So they were, they were all really good. Um, Rob Carlton kicked it off and his story was absolutely amazing about a trip across the Nullarbor where some questionable acts uh, <laughs> took place. Took place, yes. <laughs> where if anyone was there recording it, it may or may not result in a lawsuit, basically. <laughs> That's right. And Zoe's been running that uh, for about 13 years or so. Yeah. But she had some great stories as a mother now. I think, you know, she, being a mother yes. is relatively new for her. Uh, it's been a few years, I understand. And I, as a mother myself, I was crying laughing just mm. with the stories that she No, her out. story was great. Yeah, so if you ever have a chance to check out Story Club, I would definitely recommend going. Absolutely. You might see us there. And so after the Story Club on Friday night, we came back on the Sunday to listen to the talks and chat with some of the authors. And we'll be releasing those interviews as separate episodes on the podcast stream. So coming up now, we talk to Fiona Lloyd, who's actually a committee member and was responsible for the school's programming for the festival, which I participated in with my daughter. Um, some author workshops, illustrator workshops, author chats, things like that. It was absolutely fabulous. And she was responsible for coordinating a bunch of those things. But also, she's a debut author. She's got her first middle grade book coming out, Being Jimmy Baxter, which comes out on the 4th of July. And so I had a really great time chatting to her about that. What I found particularly interesting was our chat about how kids actually really can be quite engaged in really dark themes and not shying away from those themes, things like grief, domestic violence, depression, and also why she cried when she first saw her book cover. Now, these interviews were recorded in a creepy storeroom <laughs> just below where all the talks were happening. So apologies if the audio quality is not up to its usual scratch. We did use the power of AI to clean it up quite a lot, but there's only so much you can do. Just to set the scene, we were in the bowels <laughs> of the Surf Lifesaving Club. We were on plastic garden chairs seated right beside the beer kegs with this cool room generator mm. whirring in the background. It was not ideal recording conditions, let's put it that way. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but we did our best and we had some wonderful chats and we would love to share them with you now. So here's our interview with Fiona Lloyd and keep an eye out for the other seven interviews that we'll be releasing on the podcast stream soon. All right, Fiona, nice to meet you. And you're one of the organisers of the Words on the Waves Festival. You've been helping out with the kids' side of things. Yeah, absolutely. I'm the um, school's program coordinator for this year. Yes. And we've got off to a great start. Wonderful. So have you been involved in previous years or this is your first yes, year? Yes, I'm actually one of the founding committee. Um, we popped some money in to help get this off the ground. Yes. And, um, yeah, just been an absolute fan ever since. It must so. be exciting to see it growing and see how many people are so enthusiastic about it. Yeah, it's fantastic. I think the coast really needs this. So so the first year of the festival was when? Uh, 2021. Okay, so, so challenging we, time to start. Yeah, we yeah. were planning all through COVID and we were meeting and then meeting over Zoom and then <laughs> trying to meet again. Um, Relatable. We yeah. actually were very lucky with our first year because we scraped through just before another lockdown. Right, so 
So we've everyone keen to get out, but yes. now more than ever, I think everyone's ready to get back into things, right? Mm, so, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I was there today with my daughter at, um, so we did an illustrator workshop and then went and saw the talk with Craig Sylvie and it was wonderful. And the kids were so engaged and the questions they were asking were just amazing. Mm, sophisticated. They really they? are. Very yeah, impressed. It's very good. Yeah. yeah. So I wasn't there, but what was the format there? What did the kids do? Okay. So the workshop, uh, that, my daughter attended was a illustrator workshop and it was with the illustrator of Charlie's Swim and she got the kids to get into the pastels and do make a, bit a big of, mess. Make it all oh, the mess. <laughs> the mess was next level. I felt very embarrassed. I told my daughter she looked like she had chisel fingers um, afterwards. She's, they were doing sunsets so there was a lot of orange involved. <laughs> so Charlie's Swim, um, I think potentially it's actually Charmaine's ancestor um uh, it's actually the author's ancestor ancestor, yeah. pardon, yes so um oh gosh i've forgotten the story <laughs> i know the better expert because i was there today um, <laughs> and yes it, so he was in broom and he actually worked servicing the i, I don't know they're like seaplanes basically that's right yes um and there was an attack. It was during World War Two, and during that attack, he basically saved the life of a Dutch um, refugee and her child, infant child, um, like swam and carried them to shore, basically. So it's a picture book. Um, it's quite, you know, an intense theme for children. Mm-hmm. It's beautifully oh, kids illustrated. Just, kids love a bit of mm, a bit of drama. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, beautifully illustrated all in mm. pastels. So And we were lucky for Charmaine to come down from the Blue Mountains to do that for us. Mm. Um but we have had yes, Craig Silver came over from WA mm. and um we had a lot of Sydney authors and people from Byron Bay. So we've had a whole Yeah, everyone's host just of converging for workshops and talks. Yeah, it's very yeah. impressive lineup, I think. Um and wonderful for the coast and I think it'll just grow over the years. Let's so hope so. Forward to yeah. seeing it grow. But yeah. tell me more about you. So you've just told me you've got a book coming out now, Being Jimmy Baxter. Yes. So when does it come out? So it's out on the 4th of July. Okay. Um, we are launching on the 19th. Yes. In Erin Affair. Exciting. And yeah. It's the heart of the coast. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Um, yeah. So lots of um, signings here and there lined up and a trip to Melbourne. So I'm very excited. So yeah. is this your first book? This is my debut novel with just my name on it. Um, okay. I have had work in anthologies before, but right. yes, this is the first. Well, congratulations. Thank and with you. Penguin, so that's very exciting. And yes. we were just talking about the cover. So tell yeah. me a bit more about the cover designer. Okay, so um, Catherine Brickman put this together. She's a collage artist. Um, she does magazine covers and album covers. And when we were going through the process of talking covers, um, my editor said, you know, send me stuff you like and and maybe we'll consider it. So I love um, covers with silhouettes on. So okay. I had gone around and taken all these photos and sent them off and she said, yep, I love silhouettes too. And then – And there's no silhouettes in that. <laughs> and I cried. Oh, wow. <laughs> Enjoy. Yes. Because – I had never in a million years imagined it could look like that. And isn't that just and, a, an amazing artist at work who oh just can gosh. envisage, you know, exactly what it needs to be? Mm. And so for those listening, it's basically the head of a little boy who doesn't look dissimilar to my husband at that age. <laughs> um, he's got beautiful red hair and um, the top of his head is disconnected. <laughs> I'm assuming this is Jimmy Baxter. This is Jimmy Baxter. And then there's all this cool stuff coming out of his head, basically, in a very um, 
non-confronting, violent way. It's <laughs> very charming. Nice things coming out of nice things. It's a cord and wattle yeah. and a butterfly and a light bulb and it's wonderful. <laughs> and and I also noticed we've got a uh, little uh, blurb from Morris Gleitzman on the front promoting it, which is wonderful. And yes. so I assume there's a bit of quirky vibes in the book. There's absolutely quirky vibes, yes. It's actually set in the 90s. Okay. Um, so for adults, there's a lot of cute nostalgia in there, mm-hmm. some, you know, references to all the lollies and the TV shows and things like that. Amazing. Um, so I'm going to love it. But I think great. some of the quirkiness comes from this this chap on the back called mm-hmm. Mac. He's an old old guy that ends up becoming the mentor for Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he loves Elvis Presley. He loves his music. So Jimmy's never heard of Elvis as a lot of kids actually haven't. Which is distressing. Which is crazy. Um, so a lot of Elvis's soundtracks weave their way into the background. and Is that the reason for the record and the car here? What's yes, that, a Cadillac? That is Elvis's gold Cadillac. Gold Cadillac. Um, he right. came to Sydney without Elvis. Um, but Very classic people- Australian promotion. Without <laughs> <laughs> the artist, amazing. But yeah. people flocked to Sydney to see that. Um, and that's one of the old man's happy memories in the book. Amazing. Well, that's fabulous. And so what inspired you to write this book? Actually, Morris Glassman. (laughs) So I just read his Once series, Mm -hmm. um, which is about the Holocaust, and his young character Felix just completely stayed with me. Mm -hmm. So at that point he hadn't written his last book and I was sort of like, okay, what happened to Felix? Yeah, right. Um, so I started need processing that. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I can write something fanfic. But then that child sort of morphed into an Australian child right. in my head and I thought, oh, you know, what is this boy seen? Because once is a heavy series mm. done beautifully. Um, so then I was like, yeah, well, you know, what could befall this little chap and how is he going to overcome it? Mm. And Well, I've um, seen just inside it's described as heartbreaking, so should we be worried? <laughs> no, because Elvis sorts it all out. Oh, no, there's a lot of lighthearted moments in it. He's got a really quirky best friend, Debbie, who's a, a very blunt Australian girl who says it how it is, so she's, you know, a good source of the humour. Um, but it does have heavy topics. It's got parental depression. Mm-hmm. It's got domestic violence. Mm-hmm. It has grief. It has loneliness. So there, there are a lot of heavy themes through it, but it's all about the resilience and the overcoming and, and basically people coming together to support each other. So, so not a big sad ending then. Definitely not a big sad ending. <laughs> Definitely not. It's I feel like that's becoming more and more common now that these quite intense themes are being woven into kids' mm. books. Like obviously not every kid's book, but um, that there are these books that are really capturing that. And I think that's really important because there's a lot of anxiety with young kids mm. these days. They see Absolutely. everything, they feel everything. And so to be able to process some of whatever they may be going through. Yeah in that fictional world as opposed to just this escapism that I think maybe we've always sort of imagined for kids, oh, they just want to escape and have an adventure on an island or something mm. like that, yeah. to actually be confronting some stuff. Um, I think that's really important. I think it's great that you've done that. I look forward to reading mm, it, actually. Thank you. So, yeah. Yeah, I just feel that if a child could recognise any of their feelings in there and mm. think, oh, okay, it's not just me, exactly, then that will start a conversation and... Hopefully, you know. Do you have children yourself? Yeah, I've got three. And how old are they? Yes, they are 19, 17 and 12. All right. So, so they, you've gone the, run the gauntlet already. But, I mean, I find my children are much younger um, and I don't know if you agree, Ed, but. 
they're really quite dark. Like you think kids, you need to protect them, but actually like some of the stuff that comes out of them, I'm like, okay. My oldest daughter just can't get enough of the dark and the scary stuff. She she picks up horror novels at that age and they're not scary enough for her. They're just not dark. Yeah, Arl Stein just, he pulls his punches, doesn't he? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My daughters, I wouldn't say they're into the, the horror novels just yet. Um, my oldest daughter is only eight, and but she's into the dragons and things. But oh, yeah. just the stuff they talk about, like mm. they'll come home and they'll just be talking about how, oh, so-and-so died or I'm going to get the sword out of me. It's Mm-hmm. But yes, my daughter writes occasionally. She's not a huge fan of writing or reading, which is interesting. Um, this is the one as what age? 12. 12, yep. yes. But she, when she does write, she writes really dark stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently so do you. <laughs> well, I just want to say congratulations. That's a huge achievement and I will absolutely be there at Esfes, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) To see you launching this wonderful book and um, I bet you're very proud of yourself. I hope your children appreciate exactly what a huge achievement this is. They might if they ever get around to reading it, but we'll see. (laughs) Why is it that family are just the ones who always hesitate? Maybe they're just, I don't know, they're just sick of it. I mean, it's been three years. (laughs) Three years, right. So three years from conception to To publication. publication. Yeah. Yeah, and how far from when you conceived of the idea to when you actually started writing the? Uh, it was actually really quick, which is unusual for me. So the whole thing was nine months, start to amazing, start to contract. Yeah, um, wow. But usually it takes me twelve to eighteen months to finish anything. I so. think that's still pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going on ten years now. So. <laughs> I feel like the cliche though. So you're still there, still there, still so it'll happen. away and still in the trenches with kids. So that's part yeah, of it exactly. too. Yeah. But anyway, congratulations. Thank you. Lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet and you. And look forward to reading it and telling you what I think. <laughs> maybe we should do a get wrecked on. Oh, well, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Thank you for listening to Not Quite Right. If you'd like to reach us via email or follow us on social media, you can find all the links on our website, notquiterightpodcast.com. That's W-R-I-T-E. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcasting app. Something doesn't seem quite right.